Welcome to My Crazy Cast. If this is your first time here, my name is Carrie Gibson and I'm your host. Every month I want to introduce you to guests that live life out loud. I want them to share their stories to inspire, encourage, and challenge everyone listening to love big, serve big, and play big. With that said, you are most welcome here. On today's show, I'm talking to Bianca Oltoff, the chief storyteller at the A21 campaign, which if you don't know, is a global anti-human trafficking organization. By day, she's a freedom writer who advocates for justice, but at night, she's a stepmom who loves to have dance parties with Parker, Ryan, and Riki, aka the cutest dog in the world. You are gonna love her. And on our coffee date via phone, we talked about her role at A21 campaign and the new ministry, propel women. So here we go. Grab a cup of your favorite coffee blend, subscribe on iTunes, and let's do this crazy life together. I'm so excited to be interviewing today Bianca Oltoff, and uh, I've been really giddy about this interview. And just before we dive in, I wanted to ask you, first of all, welcome Bianca to my crazy cast. Thank you so much, Gary. Oh, and what what is your favorite coffee drink? Because we're kind of on a coffee date right now, so I wanted everyone to know, what is your favorite drink? Oh, you're too funny. Okay, well, much to the chagrin of my boss, who is fully Australian and fully addicted to coffee, I don't drink coffee. I, I'm like, I'm already high-strung and hyper, so if I have coffee, I don't know how I'll act. I will, though, if I do like go to Starbucks, I'll get an ice cream tea because there's antioxidants and who doesn't want to drink to make you healthier <laughs> you know what that is actually the smartest drink and so as I'm drinking my venti caramel macchiato I would be wishing that I was drinking what you're drinking <laughs> well Bianca I would love for you to share just a five minute personal story anything you want to share um with listeners um just to kind of get to know you and um and I'm just so excited for um, just this opportunity to just share your passion and you are very passionate and just so contagious. So I'd love for you to be able to just kind of take some time to share a little. Absolutely. Well, uh, first and foremost, I love making new friends. And so this is a wonderful opportunity for us to connect and for me to connect with some of your podcast listeners. So welcome to the world, guys. <laughs> My name is Aww. Bianca and um, I love I love bread, and if we weren't supposed to eat it, then Jesus wouldn't have called himself the bread of life, okay? <laughs> so I really struggle with the idea of eating paleo. Um, <laughs> at the same time, I love to work out. I am married to the single most handsome man in the whole world. His name is Matt Oltoff, and I have two beautiful stepchildren, Parker and Ryan, who are 9 and 11, and the cutest dog in the world. He's a little dachshund, <laughs> and... Um, he, he's a little large in the midsection, so he should be thinner than he is, but he just doesn't like to exercise, and he's so cute. I'm not going to judge him. So. And he won't eat paleo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. He and mommy don't want to do paleo, so there's that. Well, and for for those that, um, I, I think what's really exciting about this podcast is for those people out there who have never heard of some of the things that your heart is so tightly wrapped around. Um, I love A21's passion and fight to equip 
all of us with the tools to change the world. Um, and you have over 150,000 people joining the fight against slavery on Facebook. And with the A21 campaign, um, it's a global anti-human trafficking organization. So can you share with listeners who may have never heard of A21, what is this all about and how can they get involved? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, most people want to know what A21 means, and A stands uh, for abolish, and you want to abolish slavery and injustice in the 21st century, which is our name, A21. I think that uh, how people can get involved kind of parlays a little bit into how I got involved. I know that this is a little bit more of a prevalent issue that we see, um, whether it's through magazines or movies or media that are bringing it to the forefront, whether it's Liam Neeson's movie Taken whether it's, you know, SVU, Special Victims Unit, or some programs that are bringing light to human trafficking, whether it's the CNN Freedom Project, it's becoming a topic that's more prevalent in our culture. But when I first heard about human trafficking five years ago, I literally thought that slavery had ended in this country with Abraham Lincoln. So you can imagine my surprise as I'm sitting in this arena listening to this crazy, tiny, blonde little chick from Australia, uh, Christine Kane, <laughs> who is exactly. letting us know of how this is affecting every continent, every country, every social and economic structure in the globe, and that there are over 27 million slaves across the globe now. I was, I was gobsmacked, to be honest with you. There's no other word that I could think of. And uh, I feel passionate about freedom, and but my love for freedom came from the freedom that Christ gives. And I think us as Christians, and I'm not too sure if everyone listening to your podcast is not is a Christian, but if not, one, Jesus loves you. Two, <laughs> he could be your savior. Um, but ultimately, it comes down, there's this message of love and freedom that we see permeate the Old and New Testament. And so I am sitting there listening to this, and I'm a lover of God's Word. I was raised in a Christian family. I mean, I knew Jesus loves you in John 3.16 before I could walk. So this concept of loving Jesus, was easy for me, but the concept of loving justice was something that felt foreign. It felt like those people do that, or those crazy people will get up and move to Botswana, or those people who with money can give. But I mean, what can I do? I'm just a 27-year-old girl in Southern California. Like, what really can I do? What I love is that I've been here for about five years now, and I am now one of those crazy people that will give my life for something that I believe in. And if I'm very honest with you, uh, people often ask the question, what are you willing to live for? I want to ask the question, what are you willing to die for? We see that through our Savior, and I think that when we understand that um, Galatians 5.1 says that it is for freedom that Christ has made us free. And if we are free, then we have the moral duty and obligation to free those who are in slavery. So this is the exciting part of what A21 gets to do. Um, I think that for the longest time within the church, and yes, some generalizations, but bear with me. I think within the church, we we kind of um, juxtapose or separate. There's a dichotomy, if you will, a separation between this is what the church does and this is what missions department does, or this is what social justice does. When actually, if you take a look at the scope of the gospel, you take a look at the Old and New Testament, I mean, God cares about the least of these. And if, if that's God's heart, it should be our heart as well. And so A21 is about the injustice of, of slavery. Uh, though we help um, anyone who is enslaved, our focus, our niche, if you will, is slavery. 
and fighting that. And so what A21 is all about is that we are uh, we just celebrated our seventh birthday, and by, by the grace and craziness of God, we have 11 offices in 10 countries. And that's we, amazing, isn't it? I know it's, yes. it's crazy because you know, think about this we are in our embryonic stages still, we are seven years old. So, the fact that we have found favor in uh, government and in legal reform and in various countries, I, you know, it's it, it's nothing more than the sheer hand of God that is opening up these doors for us, which is amazing. And so with that being said, uh, we believe in the four-pronged approach to fight human trafficking. It's uh, prevention. We want to stop this from happening to begin with. Uh, protection. We have safe homes and shelters, um, immediate care shelters and uh, long-term transitional facilities uh, that we believe that we need to protect people who have been victims, and then there's prosecution. We want to stop this from ever happening. We could rescue one survivor, or we could take out one trafficker and rescue thousands of, of potential victims. So that's also in our four-pronged approach. And lastly, partnerships. We partner with local authorities. We partner with government. We partner with churches or universities. We partner with people like you, where you're willing to share the message of A21 and uh, the injustice of slavery. Well, and for the big walk, the A21 Walk for Freedom is coming up soon, October 17th. And um, Bianca, as I love your title, as Chief Storyteller for A21, what has been your personal inspiration to fight modern day slavery? And you've shared a lot, but has there been anything personal that really inspires you? Well, that's so sweet. I'm glad that you like my title because I made it up. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> they didn't know what to call me, and I kind of wear lots of hats around here. So I said, you know what? I love to tell stories, and I love to communicate internal ex- internal information externally. And so I, that's going to be my title, and they let me get away with it. So I'm glad you like it. I love um, it. Yes. We do have the, the Walk for Freedom coming up on October 17th. And we are very excited. Already we're in 19 countries. So That's incredible. It's going to be about 24 hours straight of walks across the globe and, and advocating and bringing awareness to this fight for freedom. Uh, you had asked me earlier, how can people get involved? And yes. I don't want to gloss over that. We'll definitely talk about walks for freedom. But you asked about my personal inspiration. And though I felt more of a compulsion, I felt more of like this kind of bold, Death. Um, and when I say bold, I wish mm. I was like Superwoman, where I'm like, yes, there's trafficking and you know slavery, and I'm gonna fight it. It was more of like a cowering kind of. If you really want me to, God, okay. Um, so I walked into this because I believe that God opened the door for me to be here. But now I feel like the prodding and poking from God um, has now turned into this this conviction and this boldness that I have. And I got to tell you a quick story about the very first survivor that I had a chance to meet. And I, I, I worked out of our California office here in the United States and we had a global team gathering. It happens about once a year where all of our locations will gather flagship location, which is in Bethlehem, Greece. And it was my first time heading over to, well, actually it was my second time heading over to Europe to meet with my coworkers. But this is the first time that it was going to be more of a long, longer trip. And as I'm packing my bags ready to go, I get an email from my coworker in Greece. And she said, we have a 
girl that is in the detention center, and we believe that she's a victim of trafficking. However, we can't tell because she only speaks Spanish. Our lawyers ask if we can hire a translator, or if, if the detention center can hire a translator, and they don't have the budget for it. Wow. She's been there for 72 hours, and I told them that you could translate. See you when you get here. What? <laughs> I remember reading that email, and I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this woman's crazy. Like, listen, I may be, my, my, my maiden name is Water. I am Mexican, Puerto Rican, okay? So I am brown. My side will betray the fact that, you know, I am Hispanic, and I love the love Hispanic food. So but just because I'm brown, and my parents speak Spanish, doesn't mean that I speak Spanish, and I'm freaking out. And honestly, I'm freaking out. So me, the woman of brave, bold, brazen faith, Emailed her back and yes. I said, "Hey, I don't think I'm your girl. Like, I can't do this." <laughs> I said, "Is there any more? Of, is there any other options?" And she emailed me back wow. immediately, and she said, "You're our only option." To which I emailed her back and said, "Well, then I'm your best option." And then I called my mom, my dad, my cousin's neighbor's dog walking friend, and I said, "I need a miracle. I need everyone to seriously begin to pray because I watched. I don't know if you're going to know this, Carrie. I'm, I'm hoping that some of your your, your listeners might understand, but as a first-generation American, I would watch soap operas with my grandmother. Um, but these weren't like American soap operas. They're Spanish soap operas, which are called novelas. And yes. novelas, they're like, oh my goodness, so dramatic. So <laughs> that's the Spanish I learned. If you wanted me to tell you about John who broke up with Susie and had, you know, was running away with the maid, I could probably translate that. <laughs> But to speak about the illegal ramifications of entry into the European Union without proper documentation, I mean, there's like, you, you, oh. are you kidding me? So I'm freaking out, and I'm, I'm in flight there, and I'm praying to God, like, oh, she's you part of the Red Sea. You're going to give me <laughs> the language of Spanish. It's going to be able to translate. I knew basic Spanish, but my fear was that my ineptitude was going to keep somebody enslaved because I was unable. When I landed in Greece, I was picked up by our legal team and taken over to the detention center immediately. And it was a scene unlike any other. I had pulled up into the detention center, and the guard um, had approached us, and our lawyer in Greek um, told him, in Greek, yes, in Greek, told him that I was a translator. So he looks to me in English and says, speak Spanish, <laughs> to which I tell him, see, sí. which means yes in Spanish. <laughs> And I was like, okay, man, we're going to do this. And he ushered us up into a narrow hallway. And this narrow hallway led to a stairwell. And the stairwell was mint green. And I can vividly tell you the color of the hallway because it was the same color as the stairs. And we walked up this mint green color stairwell up to the second story. And we entered this thick haze of cigarette smoke. Uh, Greek guard after Greek guard or talking back and forth to each other. Their arms are flailing like Greeks do when they talk passionately. And it's a thick haze of cigarette smoke. You can see behind them are like cell after cell after cell. And it's concrete floors with concrete walls and concrete ceilings. And the only thing separating the free from the unfree are thick steel bars. And we were ushered over to one particular cell that was very small. Think of like a, a, like a, like a, like a regular United States prison cell that would usually fit two. But packed in there, there was like 12, 13, 14 women laying on dingy tatami-style mats. 
and each of them had uh, like a green burlap blanket. They laid on the floor with nothing else. And I remember watching them lay in a state of what was like comatose, watching a 12-inch television monitor screen of Dancing with the Stars. And I remember this scene so vividly. I remember looking into their faces and thinking, how is this going on? Why isn't anyone coming to rescue them? Uh, the guard motioned to a girl, and she was the darkest in the cell. She had caramel-colored skin, chocolate, big brown eyes. And when he motioned to her, she stood to her feet, and she came to the bars with much trepidation. The moment that I opened my, set, my mouth and I said, Hola, me llamo Bianca, nosotros queremos ayudar. Hello, my name is Bianca, we are here to help you. This was the first time that anyone had spoken to her in her native tongue for over four days. And she immediately stuck her arm outside of the bars and said, Ayúdame, ayúdame, por favor, help me, help me, please. And I can't explain it, but in that moment, I heard this one individual say, help me, help me, please. But it was almost as if I had a visual of the 27 million slaves across the globe that are all crying out, help me, help me, please. And of course, now I'm weeping. This is unbelievable. And you know, what we see in that one girl is that there are many others like her. Yes. That whether it was trickery or fraud or coercion or sale, they're there and they're asking people to help them. That moment has changed why I do what I do. And I'll be honest with you, Carrie, there are days that are very hard to do what we do. It's a dark industry. It's sad. It feels like this impossible hill that we have to scale, this wall that we have to scale, this hill that we have to climb. Um, but every day and every week, we are reminded of that every life matters. And just this past Sunday, we had a rescue of a young boy. I can't give details as to where he's from. That's one more person that we got to rescue. Um, we are going to be announcing this week that there is a mother and five children that were freed from slavery yesterday. And yes, there are 27 million slaves, but there are 3 billion Christians across the globe. That's a ratio of 85 to 1. Can you imagine what we can do when we bind together, when we stand shoulder to shoulder and we profess that our, we serve a God of the impossible, and what is impossible for man is possible for God. If that is our lens, if that is our filter, if that is our truth, then we should continue to fight every single day, even in the face of impossibility. And we're making a difference. Absolutely. And we stand with people that believe in that. It's time for Carrie to refill her coffee. Maybe you should too. We'll be back right after this. Calling all my mission-hearted friends. Join me as your fearless leader on a storyteller mission trip to India, November 2nd through the 12th of this year, 2015. We'll be visiting the slums in Delhi, loving big on orphans, as well as ministering to students in their local schools. Plus, you'll even get to visit the Taj Mahal in the Pink City. This much I know, mission trips will radically change your life as we love big, serve big, and play big. So apply now at awaa.org slash storyteller missions. Or you can always go to mycrazyadoption.com to find the link. I can't wait to be with you in India. 
You're listening to Carrie Gibson's My Crazy Cast. Welcome back to My Crazy Cast. Wait till you hear what Bianca is going to share next. Well, and I think that was the reason why I was so excited about having you as a guest. I'm interviewing um, people who want to change the world that live out of the box. And what I love about this story is that is, you know, is this you know, getting into a situation like this where you had to do it afraid. And I know you wanted to turn back and run back down those stairs and you didn't, and you did it afraid. And I think in my own personal life, and I know Bianca, we're new friends. And, um, and so this part of my life, you wouldn't know, but, um, my husband and I, uh, three years ago, quit our day job and we sold our house and we sold all of our stuff. People thought we were totally crazy, but like you say over and over again on your blog that uh, we are to live radically. And so we took our three children and we lived in Ethiopia, Haiti and Nicaragua. So I was laughing when you were sharing about just, you know, this terror of having to talk to somebody, you know, in Spanish. And we made in three countries, so many people laugh at us because we couldn't, you know, speak the language, but it's, it's so incredible when you want to live radical and what God will do through us. And that story was incredible. And on your amazing blog, you share that you're a woman who loves God and is committed to speaking truth when it hurts, loving when it's hard and living life out loud. And that's the the key is living life out loud. And um, what has shaped this belief in your heart that loving and serving big are worth everything in the name of love? Yes. So I believe that if God is love, and we are told in the scripture that people will know us, will know that we are his disciples by our loves and everything that we do, whether we walk, talk, teach, preach, sing, dance, tap dance, if we do that with the lens and the filter of God's love, and the world will see who we are. And that, that's what, that is what differentiates us. We were talking a little bit earlier about the walk for freedom, and though we can't do everything, we can do something. And with the event that we have coming up on October 17th, we are able to let people join in. They might not be able to go and rescue a victim. They might not be able to, you know, become, uh, get $10,000 to age 41. But what can they do? Can they take a moment on October 17th and be a voice for the voiceless and stand in the gap? That is what, at the core of the essence, is when we love out loud, when we live out loud, we are a demonstration and example of God's great love for us. We love because he loved us first. And if that is that if that is what we can do, then that is what propels us forward. And that's oh, you said that so beautifully. And um, in your latest blog post, you shared something vital to the heartbeat of living radically. Um, you shared in Isaiah fifty-eight six a list of imperatives, and this is what just caught my eye um, because on my blog and when I get to talk to moms and you know college gals and even you know out of the you know empty nesters who want to do something, you shared a list of imperatives: go and do. And can you share with us how we can all not just think about doing justice, but go and do justice? What are some of those first steps that we can take? Well, I think it's recognition. I remember that blog and I said, don't pray for righteousness, live righteously. Don't talk about justice, live justly. Don't play church, be the church. When we have that mind shift and we understand that 
you know, in the parable of the Good Samaritan, are we the Samaritan? Or are we the Levite and the priests are so busy going about our religious obligations? I've got another Bible study. I've got the Tuesday morning mobs group. I got men's Bible study. I have youth groups. That we're so busy that there are people dying and going to hell. That there's people not just in physical slavery, but spiritual slavery. And we can't talk about this great God that's freed us as if we have the Willy Wonka golden ticket and let everyone else perish. So, what steps that we can take? What are some steps that we could take? I think the first step is admitting you're not all that. You know, like we we are uh, perforated, and we need the love of God to saturate us. And then when we have a revelation of who God is and understanding who God is, then that compels us to look at the areas in our life that we can increase, that we can give, that we can love. Um, you know, Jesus said when we ascended to heaven. Essentially, you know, I'm not going to leave you as orphan, but I'm going to leave with you a comforter, an advocate. And the things that I have done, you will do even greater. And I'm fascinated with the greater. And I think, you know, a lot of people want to talk about the greater being like the supernatural, like, I'm going to bring someone back from the dead. And like, I hope that's the case. But what about the very natural things that Christ did? He loved his enemies. He provided food for those that did not have. He prayed over people. And when we have this compulsion, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, our comforter and our advocate, we know God's word, we have a revelation through Jesus says, we cannot help but take the next best step. We may not know the answers. I'm, I can't give you, you know, three points to change your life, five ways to love Jesus more. But I love what theologian Dallas Willard says, that you don't have to know everything, but can you take the next best step? I think that's the way to go. Absolutely. And by the way, you're a fantastic writer. I really love your blog. And that post made me want to get that side braid and get my bow. And I want to be a Katniss <laughs> with you. And um, yes. and I think one of the things, too, I really want you to share with listeners is what is Propel Women? That is an awesome website, and I just have been diving into it. And I really want to make um, a huge effort to be at one of the three you know, Propel Women um, conferences that you have coming up. But what is Propel Women? Um, can you share a little bit about that? Absolutely. Uh, Propel is an initiative for women that really wants to tap into the passion, purpose, and potential uh, that's naturally in women. Uh, what we see going on is that whether you're in the marketplace or in ministry or in motherhood, uh, we believe that there is a God potential in all of us. And we want to cultivate that God potential. We want to waken up leadership gifts. And I think, as you know, for a long time, leadership has been relegated into like, the workforce or has been relegated to a gender. When we're saying, hey, God has equipped us to do great and mighty things, whether that is praying with our children or whether that is a CEO in a boardroom. And how can uh, how can we have dialogue, discussion, conversations about topics that will resonate with women in various stations and seasons of life. So Propel is um, not just an online resource. Uh, we have a website that has weekly articles and videos. We also have a quarterly digital magazine that has um, articles and resources from CEOs to lawyers to homeschool moms uh, to chefs to comedians to talk uh, about leadership in all areas of life. And then, of course, like you mentioned, we have some gatherings, some events in 2015, and uh, even double that in 2016. And we have speakers at various locations, but are so wide. It includes from Beth Moore to Lisa Bevere to Lisa Harper to Christine Kane to Brian Houston to Terry Chris. I mean, it's the, the, the list goes on, and we are very excited about just having a day 
where we take not just information, but we allow God's space through revelation at the end just to, to be there in worship and have God speak to us. Lovely. And Bianca, Old Toph will be there as well. I'm really going <laughs> to try to make that one in Phoenix. Oh, and so for... Um, Propel Women, and I'm going to add the link so they can just easily click on that because I want everyone to go and check out the Propel Women website. How can women get involved with Propel that would just like to, you know, get to know a little bit more? Obviously, we have the website. There's a lot of videos in there that women can just sit and click and watch. And in fact, I watched, Absolutely. yeah, I watched the interview. I'm, of course, I'm going to draw a blank on her name. She's a pastor's wife, and it was about dreaming big I love that interview. Gary Ween. Yes, yes, that was such a great interview. It was. It was. And we were excited that we have such, uh, such a diverse group of people that we get to interview. I think what's really exciting that we have coming up that's launching in September as well, it's launching at our very first event on September 4th in Orange County, California. But we are going to have a curriculum that you can do in uh, your uh, home church or if you have a group from work that want to gather and meet. Uh, we're very excited about it, and that Propel curriculum is going to bring together women who are like you. And um, so we're excited to launch that. In that curriculum, it's Mercy Localuto, who is a, a nurse, a nurse practitioner, Allie Worthington, who is COO of Propel, myself, Spain, and Lisa Harper. And we just, honestly, we were entitling it Propel Conversations because we open up the we open up the gamut to decision-making, communication, uh, the myth of having it all, balance, and prayer life. And that's our very first flagship curriculum that comes out September 4th. Wow. So Propel Women curriculum will be available, would you say that date one more time? Yes, September 4th. And that will be available online on our website, propelwomen.org. Oh, I'm so getting that. That is so exciting. And kind of just piggybacking on what you said um, in the very beginning, just kind of introducing yourself um, as a wife and a stepmom and a teacher globally, what encouragement can you give the ordinary woman to start her extraordinary journey right where she's at and to make a difference in her world, like you said, to leave a legacy and I loved when you shared in your video, how can we leave the world a better place than we found it? I mean, I must have watched that video over and over again, honestly. <laughs> and that was so inspiring because a lot of women, you know, we, we, you know, we want to do something, but just that, where do we start? And we've shared so many different um, things that people can do, but how leaving that legacy, how can we leave the world a better place? Just just sharing your heart, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? You know, I think we could, if we're speaking honestly and we're speaking candidly, we have something that the world wants. And it has been hijacked by the media and by magazines and movies that are constantly reinforcing this message that you are not enough and that you are not happy. We take a look at scripture, people who had nothing people that have experienced loss or pain or grief. I go back to what Jesus said. He did not leave us as orphans. He's given us the Holy Spirit. And when we are guided and led and fed and filled by the Holy Spirit, our life is different. And what I go back and proffer to, to men and women alike, children and teens, college students or widows, does your life look different with Jesus? Because if it doesn't, and there's a life for you to have. There's a life for you to have. You are not an orphan. 
you can live life and live it abundantly. John 10, 10 says that the enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus said, I have come to give you life. Not just life, but life abundant. It's the exceedingly abundantly more than we could think or imagine. That's the, that's the type of abundance that we have in Ephesians 3.20 when Paul writing to the Ephesians. He's singing now to him, now to God who is able. Now, if, if all throughout Scripture we have this theme that it's God, God is the impossible, God is able, that he is more than enough, that is what is impossible for man, it's possible for God. He talks to Moses and says, is my hand too short? Can I not do this? What is in our lives? We talk about legacy. I want our, our legacy, not just my legacy. I want our legacy as Christians, as followers of Christ, to move forward, letting the world know that come what may, we're not going to compromise. We have the power of the Holy Spirit to do what Christ has called us to do, even if there is pain, even if there is trauma, even if there's trials, even if there's tribulation. We will not be moved. And this is a legacy. My youngest daughter, who is seven, I have a seven-year-old, a 19-year-old, and almost 22-year-old. So my life is life is totally crazy. And I do live radically, even in my own house. But um, my youngest was adopted from Ethiopia at six months old. And that moment, I didn't even know what we were getting into. And God has so radically changed our life. But that's the legacy that I want to teach my daughter that she's beautiful and that God doesn't make yes. mistakes. And that there was a plan for all of us to, you know, like you said, to to love like Jesus. And that was one of the things in your video. And by the way, listeners, I really want to encourage you to just check out her website, her blog, and just scroll all through it. There's, you have so much encouragement and inspiration in your website and blog. Um, when the video you said, which really inspired me, um, instead of saying to the next generation, look how bad the world is, giving them a picture of how great the world could be and equip them with the tools to love like Jesus. And that really resonated in my heart because that's, you know, that's been my passion is just equip, equipping, giving moms that are changing diapers and know that there's so much more in, in, you know, to do than just changing diapers and the college girl that wants to change the world and just wants to know where, you know, what's that first step. And, and so I think diving into your website is really going to be able to that you gave us quite a tool and have, um, just so much rich resources that we can all just um, take one of them and go with it and go like you, I, I love what a simple thing when you shared go and do. And so Bianca, I, I just want to thank you for not only taking the time to get to know me and to just talk with the listeners on my crazy cast, but um, just to share personal stories. And, you know, for anyone out there that wants to do something, um, boy, have you, you have really opened up that door with, with a 21 campaign and propel women. And I'm so excited to seriously, to meet you. I'll try to make that Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> uh, propel women. But, um, Love would you, it. would you mind just as we close, I'm um, just praying a special prayer blessing over listeners because, um, I know that your heart is sharing the love of Jesus and sharing the gospel all over the world. And so just this opportunity to have you, um, you know, spend this time with me is so special. Would you do that for us? What a privilege. Thank you. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you, and I thank you so much for every single person, man, woman, or child, that's tuning in and listening to it. I pray, Lord God, that you remind them here in this moment that they are loved, that they are seen, that they are known, and that through your saving grace, they can be free from whatever is holding them down, whether that's postpartum depression, whether that's alcohol addiction, whether that's just bitterness or anger, uh, grief or sorrow, God, I pray that through your name that they find true freedom in who you are. Fill us every day with the power of the Holy Spirit to do what you've called us to do, whether that is leading a meeting in a boardroom, whether that is standing behind a pulpit and preaching the gospel, whether that is changing diapers and picking up wooden blocks. We do all for the glory of God. You are good, and we love you. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And Bianca, thank you for leaving a legacy that we can watch unfold and for leaving this world a better place than what you found. And I know you're not done and you're just starting. And so I can't wait to follow along your journey as well. So thank you so much for taking this time to talk with me today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much.